y'all! Welcome back to Let's Go On An Adventure! Back with you for some more from A Throne of Glass, and I actually finished the book uh, Sunday night. I know this is coming at you really late, and I apologize for that, but I was having a hard time trying to actually get all my thoughts down on what to feel about this book, but I finally got it, even though I'm a few days late, or almost, almost a week late, but I'm a few days late, but we got this now, alright? So, um, I hope you're ready, because I, I got a few things to say about this one, guys. So let's dive into it, and welcome back to the next part of A Throne of Glass. So, I'm not gonna lie. If I had not known that this book was part of a series, I probably would have stopped reading. Now, I'm not saying that because it wasn't a good book. It was a very good book. It was very well written. It was a lot of good story. There was a lot of meat to it. But because it was a first book of a series, it was very much a slow burn for me. You didn't get any type of like real climactic part, like a good like, oh, something's about to happen part until about the last 15 chapters. And there's like 52 or 53 chapters. And that was a bit frustrating. There's little things that happen to kind of slowly build up, but they're little things that she didn't actually fully build on. It was just more of a little mystery. And these were little mysteries that honestly I could have put down and not cared less. Now, if you've read the books, you know what I'm talking about. And it has to deal with the, the deaths of the champions that were sporadically throughout. And we know what caused it. We know what happened, but we didn't she didn't actually like build on it too much it was more of oh no a criminal is dead we're just gonna keep going on stuff as he expected i mean you know it would keep going but they had little parts where they're like can't figure out what happened or why they're like this and they'd bring it up every so often but then they actually just continued on with their regular lives there wasn't much to draw you in on there and that was a little little disappointing i'm not I'm not going to lie. I expected a little bit more buildup for that. Now, that buildup did finally happen, but it happened towards the end. And it happened... I'll say that I wasn't fully caught on the book until the secret passageway that she found in her room. That's when I would say that I fully got invested into the story. If it weren't for that part when it happened, I honestly probably would have shelved the book. Now, again, knowing that it's a series, it does make sense that it was a slow burn up to, you know, what's to come. However, even how she ended it is a very, very small lead up to the next book. Like, it's... She's the champion. We all kind of knew that that was going to happen. She's now going to work for the king for the next four years. Honestly, she could have ended at that and you would have been like, oh, well, she's going to work four years, then what's going to happen? And then just kind of lose interest. So we know that there's going to be the buildup in the next story or in the next book. And I am going to read it. I haven't started it yet. I've been trying to process this one fully. And that's why it took me so long is I did finally process, you know, everything that happened. And in my fun little book journal that I have in front of me, I was able to write down everything that went through my mind that actually made me truly enjoy the book and 
one of the concepts that I actually truly enjoyed that she did was the magic element that magic has been banned. You know, you can't even say the word magic without possibly going to jail or one to the, one of the encampments. And I had a thought from the beginning that she had magic in her, that she was somewhat magical in a way, just because of one, how much she knew two she had said she had practiced like, or something about it being in her blood at the very beginning um, that she squashed down or whatever because of it and everything like that. So there was always that thought process that magic was actually going to play a big part in this story. I liked the idea of the whiter marks of them essentially being like runes. Um, my first thought was, oh, they're going, she went on like the uh, pagan, pagan Norse route or the Wiccan route of using rune stones and runes. And I think that's really cool. Um, I've always loved symbols and runes I have always thought were really interesting and really cool. So that truly grabbed my attention and how it's supposed to be like this ancient magic that supposedly nobody knows anymore. Um, come to find out the one country that our king of Alderlan or Alder, Ar Alderlan. Not exactly sure how it's pronounced. I, I call it Alderlan because it sounds more mystic for me, but that's just me. Um, trying to take over the one land that he hasn't yet, which is like Elway. And they, the royalty actually knows the word marks that it's, it's a ancient manic magic that's passed down essentially from generation to generation so that they know what they mean and they know how to use them. However, that being said, uh, the princess Nemia, I really like that name. That's really pretty. I like how it was written down. Not only knowing them, but explaining them towards the end that they are both very powerful and can be exceedingly dangerous, as we see at the end of the uh, book. That it's not... Oh, pardon. It's not one of those things that you can take super lightly. You have to be very careful. Very, very careful. It can be either something that's really evil or really good for healing and such. And like she did with her, she basically helped her not die and saved her life during the final battle of the champion. The champion games kind of thing. Um, I did find it interesting. I think there's going to be build up for uh, our prince boy Damien to kind of be a villain. Now, if you've already read this series, no spoilers. Don't tell me if I'm right or wrong because I, I do actually want to find out. That's truly what caught my attention towards the end. It was a specific thing that the king said to the duke. And that was that, or not that he said to the duke, but it is like thinking narration about how Damien showed that he was turning into a man, the way he stood up to him and everything like that. And that wasn't a bad thing. He just needed a little bit more refinement because he was still essentially like a lazy boy kind of thing. And that he just needed some time. And that maybe if you put him in the military or like on the front lines, he could become a really good general. And my thought is, one, it that's a very fatherly thing to say. Not even going to lie. Even my dad was like, you know, you could use some discipline. You should join the military. That's what you need to do. That's to me is a very normal statement. However, it's the fact that who this king is and what happened afterwards. What happened afterwards was him talking to the Duke. Not even going to lie. I was actually surprised that the Duke played a way heavier part than uh, expected. I thought he was just this like nasty guy who was just being nasty to be nasty. No, he was just he's part of the evil at works here and he was manipulating people and 
I was actually surprised that he played a bigger role in this. I was also kind of surprised that actually... We knew that the king was essentially evil. Yeah, we knew he was kind of the villain. I didn't expect him to be as smart as he is. Like, I think that's kind of great. I think that's kind of great. So they, they were talking about how those marks are in the, essentially the center of the castle grounds the, by the clock and the gargoyles and everything that I guess are like guardians, uh, according to our ghosty queen, Elena. And it's, it's essentially for like protection or that's, that's what my assumption is. Or at least those guardians are there to make sure nothing gets out from there. They didn't do their job very well, but that's beside the point. Um, but, or it's, it's, sorry, it is a portal of world between worlds kind of thing. Um, and that, oh, a word gate is what it's called, or a wired gate, um, for the word mark, uh, weird marks, wired marks. Ah, it's like saying wyvern. Anyways, for those runes, it creates an opening of world between worlds between, like, life and death and just just splitting the paradox and everything like that but it he knew about them the whole time and we were wondering through the books like why would he have these here for someone who's against magic and is this you know completely destroyed magic these being here doesn't make sense unless he doesn't know what they are he very much knows what they are he has destroyed and gotten rid of all forms of magic except these ones where he thinks he's one of the only people who has knowledge of what they do. And the Duke is part of the experiment with that. With our main villain, Kane, Which is crazy. And I'm not going to lie. Totally, totally took me by surprise. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I was surprised that he did that. At the same time, I think that was actually a good plot. Like, twist to the plot. That... He knows about this magic. Not only does he know about this magic, he has every intention of using it. He just wants to make sure no one else is using magic because if everyone else is using magic, if there's more magic in the world, that's more power that he doesn't have. He's all about greed. He wants power. He wants to take over essentially this world, this these lands. And not only that, by eliminating all the powers that be or all the powers that are available to others that could pop potentially be more powerful than him especially in mass that's absolutely brilliant it's fear but it's also brilliant in the aspect of there can only be one and i think that was a really cool element that she put in there i think that the like moving on from that the love triangle that she tried to play up that was a love triangle but not a love triangle but is a love triangle i don't know how i feel about it 100 percent honest um You've got the general of the guard, Cole, and you have our little princey boy, Damien. Damien being the one that you are assuming that she's going to be with because it's the prince, and he's totally hitting up on her. But then you see Cole kind of getting feelings, but you can't tell if they're fully romantic feelings, friendship feelings, or brotherly feelings until he comes into the room after the feast that she's not allowed to and brings a ring. That's like a trinket that everyone hands out and puts it on her. Um, and Ern gives it to her. And the way... But their relationship to me very, seems very more like brother-sister relationship. 
I, I have a lot of siblings. I'm sure a bunch of you that listen have siblings as well or have those types of family dynamics where something like that seems very... Just, it seems more friendly. It seems on the aspect of let's, let's, I don't know, let's be friends. Let's not be so tough against each other. Let's have a good time kind of thing as opposed to something different. It seemed like originally that their relationship was very much built on um, a distrust and kind of a hate towards each other. And even she said at one point that she didn't really like him. She kind of hated him because he was the armed guard that kept her under lock and key essentially and he didn't like her because he didn't trust her because he she is the world's most famous assassin so i mean you can understand the back and forth there I, i get the mistrust but as time has gone on they've actually enjoyed each other's company relied on each other's company they like the heckling of the back and forth and to me it sounds more like a brother sister relationship But towards the end, it sounds like he's wanting more than that. That he's wanting a little bit more of a romantic relationship. But he stays away because of Damien, the prince. Because they're friends. Damien is showing a lot of interest in her on multiple occasions. And Damien, our little princeling here, definitely has shown interest. Very, very much so. He's kissed her. They've essentially made out. Um... She has admitted that she likes the prince and kind of, sort of, has a crush on him. But at the end, she essentially breaks everything off. Which, I'm not going to lie, I felt was kind of dickish. <coughs> like, um, it felt like she was leading him on that whole time. Like, he's o- head over heels in love with her. Like, he wants to figure out how they can spend their life together. He's... You know, like, I don't care if she's an assassin and my father's champion and I'm the prince. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll keep it a secret. Yada, yada, yada. You know, the whole romanticizing the situation kind of thing. So with him romanticizing everything, he's very much thinking that they're going to forever be in love and live happily ever after. And she's being more logical on it, going, I'm an assassin. You're a prince. I have to work for your father for four years to kill whoever he wants me to kill. This isn't going to work. It's better off to stay friends. And you can tell he's absolutely crushed by the idea, but he puts on a smile and goes, absolutely, definitely stay friends. But you can tell he's absolutely breaking inside. I say it was kind of dickish on her end or just absolutely kind of mean on her end because she had been leading him on this whole entire time, in my opinion. That may not have been her intent, but in my opinion, that was that's how it seemed and because of that this guy is getting crushed now to be 100% I'm not the biggest fan of Damien I don't dislike him Uh, he's the stereotypical prince who you know kind of does whatever he wants you know is kind of a womanizer and everything like that at the same time you can tell that it's partially because who his father is he doesn't really want anything to do with you know dear old dad because he's a terrible person um they butt heads incredibly so it's one of those things where it's like okay so maybe he's acting out because of his dad i i don't know you could tell that he has the potential of being a better king because he does not agree with what his father is doing but at the same time it's one of those things where it's like you're not quite sure where he 100 percent stands like like i said i can see him becoming a villain and there being a betrayal at some point but i'm not sure 
But this being said, this now leaves the door open for Cole. And she does tell him that she broke things off with Damien. And Cole seems a little happy by that. Now, granted, he could be happy for it because he knows the implications that it would be put on the prince if he were to be with an assassin. Just as much as he understands the implications that will be put on her as the assassin dating our Mr. Princey Prince. So, that's one of those back and forths that could be truly his reasoning for being happy. Or he could be happy because now that door is open for him to kind of walk on through. But we'll see. I feel like so much more is going to happen that is going to make things very hard for Cole. As it is, we know Cole's background of, you know, essentially being not quite a prince, but being the heir to a very, very big family to basically uh, omitting his title to his younger brother and stepping away so he could become the general of the guard. So it's... Or captain of the guard, sorry. Which apparently is a complete downgrade and not nearly as honorable as it sounds. Like, it sounded way more honorable to me to be like, wow, you don't want to, you know, be an heir of this, you know, family and you want to be the captain of the guard? That's pretty bomb. Like, you you want to be able to, you know, protect the king, protect the family and risk your life. All right, cool. But apparently that's, that's not how things work. But okay, cool. It seems like there's going to be way more of this magic coming back. Um, there was one scene in particular in the very beginning. I think it was in like chapter four or five when they're leaving um, the salt mine or the, uh, the encampment of Endover. Basically where she was imprisoned and got whipped. Um, where they're by a foresty area that was known to use to have... Uh, magical creatures in the fae and she basically was like don't talk bad about them this is what this is what the legends are over here and blah 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 and they're like well how would you know this stuff and she's like you hear a lot of stuff in endover i think she has personal experience in that area because when she wakes up there were flowers left for her as well as teeny tiny footprints uh in the dust leading to her tent that she wiped away because she knew if they were seen these creatures were going to essentially be killed because they were basically fae um, that were showing her, you know, kindness and, you know, gratitude for respecting them and basically telling people to shut up. So, um, she knows way more about magic than she's letting on and about the fae world, which leads me to believe she's part of it. Not only that, she... She has an utmost respect, it seems, for the Fae. Like, she won't talk bad about them, period. Obviously, to talk well of them is treason and could send her to prison, but she's not willing to negate them either, if that's the correct word. I'm still drinking my coffee, so meh. <laughs> so it's interesting to see that, that that's there, which leads me to believe that there's going to be, like, a magical uprising. And no, this is not based off of any type of spoilers I've seen. This is based off of just what I read. Now, the different spoilers that I've seen for um, Kingdom of Ash or the Queen of Shadows or uh, Empire of... Is it Empire of Flames? I don't know. 
the different books of there, I do know that there's going to be a lot that hits, and I know it's going to be an emotional roller coaster ride, which is why I'm kind of a, <laughs> I'm, I'm being weary of starting the book so fast of book two because I don't know how fast or how hard that's gonna happen. So, and my goal is to read the series and then go into the Crescent City series because I have heard rumors and, um different things from different interviews with Sarah J Maas about how all of the worlds for the three series that she has a series the throne of glass court of thorns and roses and crescent city all interlock and I'm curious about that so that's my goal when it comes to reading these but as we know my goals never tend to go well so um Nemia the princess has me very intrigued though from Elway um one she she's come to this area obviously to be more of a spy than anything she's trying to figure out the king's plan so that way she can warn her people and save her people it sounds like because as it happens in the book 500 rebels just end up completely slaughtered as we see in the stories, um, or in the story, 500 rebels were found, essentially, like, hiding out in the forest, and instead of taking them to the encampments, like, that was the original plan, I think, um, they were completely slaughtered. Like, men, women, children, all of them, just slaughtered brutally. And he allowed it to happen, the king. And so, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, okay. And she's, she's a strong warrior type princess. And I think she was essentially, if I remember right, this is how I saw her. And usually I see people based off of descriptions, but at the same time, it's based off of how I just see the character. And I'm not going to lie. I see her as like the strong African princess, like the strong, no, I don't want to say high and mighty. That's not the right word, but, uh, regal there we go the right that's the right word regal very strong very regal very warrior african amazonian you know that type of person my i don't know what it is it's i see her as an african princess and maybe that's how she's supposed to be i don't know but not 100 i'm pretty sure by the descriptions that's kind of what they were going for but that's what i see and it makes me so excited because you have this strong african like warrior princess that's there but she's keeping her strength under control because she knows the power that she holds she knows the marks she knows the wood marks and knows how to use them and she could unleash anything if she wanted to but she knows how to be smarter than that and she's about the same age as our assassin selena i'm pretty sure that's how we pronounce her name there she's only 18 and so nemia is probably between 18 and 20 as well and she's a princess and she has the weight of her country literally on her shoulders and all i see is this very powerful very strong woman and i'm excited to see what else she does so let's if if my comparison if my the way i'm seeing her is completely wrong i'm sorry i'm not in any way trying to be insensitive or to be like racial or anything like that this is just how i can describe people and the best way i can see people and that's what i see like, this is obviously a fantastical world. Africa is not a part of this and whatnot. But people are still people. And that's just what I see. And it makes me so excited. Like, yeah. I want to see what she does. 
I want to see what she does. I'm, I'm excited to see where she goes with that. So, all in all, it wasn't a terrible book. Like I said, it wasn't, and it wasn't, it wasn't a bad book in any way. It was a good story. It was just really hard for me to get into, which actually is why the reason it took me so long to read, because it was very slow going for me. But that's okay. It's a lead up to the rest of the series. And I am excited to see that. I'm excited to see where this goes. So I will be reading, I think it's Queen of Shadows that's next, starting in the next day or two. So that way I can have this out in the next couple weeks. Um, so be prepared for that. Be prepared for this roller coaster, guys. Because I'm about to go on one heck of a ride, it sounds. <laughs> so until next time, I hope this brings you to your next adventure. See you guys around.